Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to this week's episode of Hollow Weekly. Nick and George here with Joker. <laughs> and that's the episode. That's the episode. See you later, guys. Have a good night. Bye. Dude, I've been, we've been waiting to see this movie for a long time. Yeah, we are way behind the curve of seeing this film, but we finally got it seen. Um, we, and just we're just let's just put this out there now. It's been out for a while now, so we're not going to avoid spoilers. This is gonna be a spoiler heavy episode. Yeah, we're just gonna jump right into it. <laughs> exactly. What do you think of Joker? I liked it a lot. I know it's been divisive. Here's the thing: a lot of the drama came before the film came out. Yes. And they were saying like it was gonna incite like it's gonna incite a bunch of white men to do this. Yes. And after because like at, you know we're both white dudes, I watched it and I was like, if anyone's inspired by this movie, they're already crazy because no one was that lifestyle. So there's two categories, and I don't like that there's two categories for this movie, but there's two categories of things to talk about for the movie. There's the things in the movie, yeah, like the aesthetic and and you know mm-hmm. all that stuff, and then there's all the thing outside of the movie, and I feel like the outside of the movie discussion eclipse the inside of the movie discussion by a mile which i don't like i get that there needs to be an outside of the movie discussion especially in 2019 but i just feel like that's all i was seeing online but but let's break this into two categories okay so we'll get to the outside movie discussion but the inside the movie discussion first right to me is the most important because it's not worth getting all this drama about if the movie's not good right Right. and the movie is really really good Mm -hmm. and and i there's a bunch of caveats that you got to throw in from the outside section but i'm gonna try to keep these like separated as long as as long as possible right so in the inside of the movie part um are there twists that you don't see coming yes as long as it wasn't spoiled for you Mm -hmm. right um, are there great performances? Yes. Is there great dialogue and cinematography? Do they capture the time? All of that is good, right? So I feel like all of that stuff was good. Is it flawless? No. Were there parts where I groaned like at the dialogue? Yes. Like there were some, some things that, you know, I, I would like, I don't know why they even bothered with that. But in the main, it's a really, really good film. So mm-hmm. it's worth arguing about. Right. Totally. And then what did you think of just inside the film? Forget the outside for a second. Inside the film, what did you think? I think this was one of the movies I was looking forward to the most. Mm -hmm. Because, like, the trailers were, like, off the charts awesome. Yes. I loved how much I started questioning everything in the film once the movie was over. The beautiful mind effect. Right. Yeah. At the end, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, so if that's not real, then what else cannot be real? Right. Like, I know there's certain things that definitely happened. Right. Do, um, you, do you? Yeah. Well, that's exactly. There's a lot exactly. of online theories that no, nothing happened. Right. There's literally an online theory where the guy was like, "You see the clock in the room where Joaquin Phoenix is talking to the social worker, and the clock behind him says eleven twelve, and then when he's talking to the second social worker at the end of the movie, the clock says eleven twelve. Like nothing happened in this movie." Wow. Like, literally, it was a fantasy that happened in the minute 11, 12 I will, in his head, right? Which would piss me off. But, but. <laughs> here's what. Here's what. Because I, I, I don't know that we know for sure anything. True. I like, I, re, I really like the Batman movies. Yes. And it was so refreshing to get something without, like, Batman really in it. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, totally. you see, like, young Bruce Wayne. But, like, the, the fact that we're not hanging out with, like, the Cape Crusader. Yes. I thought it was fun because the most interesting thing about Batman is his rogues gallery. 
And so I like right. I like that we actually get a film. I, I I wouldn't mind a film like that about every one of his villains. They're right. all they're all they're all interesting enough. But the most interesting thing about Batman is how protean he is. Like he changes into anything you want him to be. Like he is truly evil sometimes. He's just purely good sometimes. Like he's he can fit into any category. Yeah. And 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 you can do endless things with the story. Some stories they just run out. Like I picture. I'm trying to imagine like 10 movies in the A Christmas Story universe. Right. And I'd be sick of it by the third, right? But like I can just down Batman movies. Yeah, like there was one a- after the other after the other because it, in this one, I thought the most interesting thing to happen was the changes they made to uh, Bruce Wayne's father and Alfred. It was weird that that was Alfred. I mean, they never called him Alfred, but, but that like, was definitely Alfred. That, was, that definitely had to be Alfred. That was yeah, Alfred yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, and he, he's a dick. And 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 um, Bruce Wayne's dad. What's his name again? Uh, Thomas. Thomas Wayne, Wayne is is a, atrocious <laughs> for the most part. Yeah. So, and I, those changes were. I mean, just I'm so used to Alfred being kindly, wise Michael. Well, what's, what's, what, what? But again, what's great about this movie was like. Was he a dick? Like, or like, right. was that something we saw? Because, right. but I also, I, I liked seeing a dickhead Wayne family. Yes. Like, yes, totally. And I, I, Alfred's was more justified because some random stranger had his thumbs in some kid's mouth. Totally. But the Thomas Wayne being a jerk, like in that bathroom scene. Right. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was, I thought it was so great. Totally. It was, it was super well shot and the score was great so and we had talked about this uh just leaving the movie and i thought it was a really good point that i noted to bring up here because i liked the character of gotham is something you mentioned walking into the movie you Mm -hmm. were like excited to revisit that world and the gotham world of the nolan movies is kind of disappointing to me it's the weakest part like it never right. feels i feels love like, like dark knight's still my favorite batman movie right behind that maybe batman returns of tide but i i still feel like like got, tim burton's gotham's the best to me and then christopher nolan's gotham is the worst and then the animated one is better like there's very i would probably go there. i would probably go animated and then here's the thing though i would i would probably go with this Joker over Tim Burns Batman, uh, it's, Burns is way more stylized mm-hmm. and they're and they're really fun to look at. But you don't really explore Gotham like you have your set pieces of Gotham. Like, in which one? Uh, in, in either of them. So like oh, you, you, I think you get more Gotham in Returns. Yes. You know, the first the first one's just a lot of alleyways and like the Ace Chemical Plant. You get a little more in Batman Returns, but it's not a whole lot. Like you're not right. exploring it. where this one. Gotham was a player in the story. Yeah, and in Joker, I feel like it still was affected by the Nolan shadow. I feel like this Gotham was still a little generic, a little too much, you know, late 70s New York, a little, like, whatever. I missed sort of the Tim Burton cathedral effect, right, like, for some of those things. But um, it was better than the Nolan ones, right? So, And I didn't expect that. I thought thought it was... All going to be Joaquin, Joaquin's performance. It's like close-ups of him being laughing right. and all. Exactly, yeah. but I really appreciated sort of, although they did do the freaking departed rat thing. When are directors going to stop doing that? The super rats show up at the end in the background. Someone in the audience at the theater we were watching. They were like, rats, rats! Like, and they were big dude, rats. Dude, we get it. Like, don't show the rats. It was a mistake in departed. It's a mistake here. But um, 
in the background with their little like yeah, was, horny was, chittering. Get the fuck out. Yeah, it was like that shot of Bruce when his parents get murdered. You, yeah. just, you just see them like slightly in the background. Like, okay. Hi, rats. <laughs> Come on, Ratatouille, man. dude. <laughs> there was a freaking campaign to, to, to remove the rat from Departed. People should learn about it. But anyway, um, I did like the universe a little bit more. Wouldn't want to stay there. <laughs> no. But not like, unless you're garbage. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm garbage, that's where I'm vacationing, man. But I thought it was a little more interesting than the Nolan ones. Yeah. A lot of people have been uh, throwing this into like the horror category, which mm-hmm. I, I I I can see. I mean, it's Definitely. it's super unsettling. Um, actually, I actually came back home and watched the ending to King of Comedy. Yes. And I was like, oh, okay. Forget it. Yeah, <laughs> right. I know, yeah. There's no, I mean, there's no, this is, this happens in the horror community all the time. There's just, and I don't, the thing is, I never have an answer for this question. I only have more questions for this question, right? So here's my, my question for this question is, do you think this is a horror movie? And if the answer is no, then my question is, do you think Repulsion is a horror movie? Let me, let me answer that this question. This movie is Repulsion, right? So then then we just go down this string of, is Possession 81 a horror movie? Is, and by that point, I feel like the conversation just becomes kind of ridiculous. It, all, either none of them are horror movies, or all of them are horror movies, and none of those are interesting, or they're in this middle ground, right? Yeah, we got to come up with a, maybe a term for that middle ground. Horror adjacent is what they call horror it. Horror adjacent. But I don't buy that. I feel like this is not horror adjacent. I feel like this is a horror... With a temporary, horror, I will say, I will say, with this. a visitor's pass out of horror that they use sometimes, but it lives in horror. <laughs> yeah, because horror adjacent, I think, leans more negative because that's how realtors do it. They're like, it's Glendale adjacent, and you're like, but where, but, but where? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> where are you? I feel the same. What did you think about the um, the beautiful mind sort of uh, everything we see? May so, like I said, it it, it 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 always. It intrigues me and semi pisses me off. It's sort of elegant how, I mean, I it was all worth it for the twist because the girlfriend twist is amazing. That it's amazing. It's amazing. Made right? my was, gut drop. It was amazing on the screen. It was amazing the impact on the sparse audience we saw it with. It was just amazing all around. Um, so I, I love. I, I I get why that's so seductive that you got you got to do it. But then there's it's just like time travel movies. You love the idea, and then you start thinking through the implications. You're like, oh, I have mm-hmm. and I feel like that sort of happens with this because I don't love. I don't at all love the idea that the concluding riot scenes aren't real. Because if those scenes are only fantasies, then I feel like this movie is a lot weaker than I want it to be. But if those scenes really happen, then it's a lot more interesting. Yeah. And if the De Niro talk show end scene isn't real, then I don't even I'm not even sure this movie exists. <laughs> this, <laughs> does this movie exist? <laughs> so that, that's what I'm saying is like you know, but and there's no way to prove that they are. What's I mean, funny? What I like about this movie because like we, before we recorded like it, it's like we've been chewing the fat about it, like thinking about it and it's been growing on us and what i really love is the the like the mind like the game my mind is not playing where like okay if that didn't happen then could this have happened okay so that happened but if that happened could this really have happened right and so i was thinking to myself like um do i think he really killed robert de niro mm-hmm. i think he did do i think robert de niro was 
really an asshole or talking shit. Maybe. I'm not sure. Like, it could have been that, like, he was perceiving it as everyone's against him, or maybe everyone wasn't. Like, the idea, like, sure. I think I think the way it dealt with, like, the mental illness mm-hmm. and, like, the importance of, like, it needing to be funded <laughs> to help take care of, like, the people who, who need right. help, uh, I thought that was really well done. Well, I, yeah, it's well done. And, and here's the thing. So, so I think a lot, now we can do the outside of the movie category for a second, right? I think a lot of this hinges on that quote that's going around where Todd Phillips had said to Joaquin Phoenix, I want you to think of this as a heist movie. Have you heard this? Mm-hmm. So he, he said to Joaquin Phoenix, I want you to think of a heist movie. And Joaquin Phoenix said to him, there's no action in this movie at all. What are you talking about? He goes, no, it's a heist. We're going to take $55 million from these people and make and do whatever the hell we want with it and not make a superhero movie, mm-hmm. right? We're heisting their money, right? So like he he's looking at it as a heist film where I'm telling people I'm making a superhero movie, but I'm not, right? I'm yeah. making a movie about he called it a real movie, which I think is kind of insulting, right? But to to superhero movies. But the point is that if if he's making what he sees as like that like dark real movie like whatever i feel like that mission is understandable but it, it i'm hoping that the movie got out of his grasp a little bit i'm hope because that happens sometimes right my favorite yeah. example of this is um there's a russian writer named pushkin and he he said to a friend of his where hmm? there's an author i really like called Shovin. <laughs> sorry <laughs> so pushkin said that he, pushkin is a cool author he died in a duel he actually got challenged to a duel and that's died. Pretty, that's but, but so what Pushkin said was he had said to a friend of his, he goes, you're never going to believe what happened yesterday. Eugene Unigan killed himself. And the guy was like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear. And he goes, who's Eugene Unigan? He goes, he's a character in the book I'm writing. But he took him by surprise. Like wow. the writer, he was like, I didn't expect it to happen. I wasn't planning for the character. I was just writing and he killed himself. So sometimes creations get out of the grasp of the control of the creators. And I'm hoping that's what happened with this movie because I feel like his mission was a little too spot on. But but I feel like he made a little bit more of a superhero than he intended, movie than he intended to, right? Um, but yeah. but what, what, what was really interesting to me was the, the game that's happening in the head is, is, is fascinating. But to me... What was really cool about this was Arthur, Joaquin characters, Joaquin's character, Arthur, is not wise, right? Mm-hmm. He's not really um, talented or gifted at much of anything that we can detect, right? He's yeah. not a particularly great stand-up comedian. He's not... What are you um, talking about? Him chuckling about... <laughs> being bad schools. And it's not his fault, right? So that's uh, let's we can stipulate that up front. But... Um, what I realized halfway through was there was this weird thing happening with Joaquin's performance where people would say stuff to him like, where's the punchline or whatever? And he would just look totally baffled. Like, I said the punchline. Yeah. I said that. Or, what are you guys talking about? Or, you know, he, he, he tried to walk into the hospital, walked into a glass door. <laughs> yeah. Like, here's a stand-up comedian whose funniest moment is completely accidental, right? So, like, he's not purposely getting things right or particularly figuring things out well. And the Joker character, like, if you think back to Heath Ledger, 
He's pretending that he can't think eight steps ahead, but he's a master chess player. This character is not a master chess player, right? So there's a big difference between these characters. But what was really cool was there was these really, and they were my favorite moments in the movie. There were these cool moments where people would say things that were sad. And Joaquin, you could tell his face changed and he was 25 moves ahead of them. But it was only when it was depressing. Yeah. <laughs> And there's a wisdom that comes with pain and suffering where you're ahead of everybody else because you've gone through pain and suffering. So you couldn't possibly turn to Joaquin Phoenix and go, yeah, I don't know if this is going to end well. He'd be like, no shit, it's not going to end well. Like, I know it's not going to, nothing ends well. Like, and he's already figured out, he's figured out this one slice of life. He's a genius, at depression. <laughs> yeah. Right? He's figured out one slice of life better than anybody else. And he's behind everybody else in every other category. Right? Yeah. And and it was really cool watching him figure that out and then watching him start to use it. And, and where it really keyed in for me is when the cops were chasing him. He's dancing on the staircase. Amazing shots. Amazing scene. I hate the song he used, though. You know, the song was terrible. But the visual was yeah, great. Yeah, it was right? great. The amazing shots and these two detectives. I love the detectives. They were great. They got almost no screen time, but I love them, right? And they start chasing him, and they think they're going to catch him and impose law and order. And you see Joaquin's confidence growing that nobody's going to restore law and order because the world is going to fucking hell, right? So, like... It's the one place. He's not ahead of them because he's a criminal genius. He's not a criminal mastermind. He's ahead of them because the world's heading to a bad place and he's already visited it and we haven't. Yeah. (laughs) And that to me was the most interesting thing about the movie, right? I really liked how he wasn't in his element until everyone around him was just as razzle-dazzled as he was. Mm -hmm. You know, the whole city, everyone's minding their own business. He's... Not he's not loving it, not liking it. Yep. All of a sudden, there's riots and fights and shootings and murders, and all of a sudden, he's like, "Oh, this is not yeah, I like this. Is, I get this. Yeah, you're you're dancing to my rhythm now." Well, he finally gets the standing ovation he wanted, but he gets it in the worst possible way, right? But he's he's really enjoying the ride finally, mm-hmm. and you gotta, I mean, you have to have a heart of absolute stone not to not to at least be excited for a second that he's getting some kind of um validation in a weird way right and and it's bad (laughs) yeah you brought up something really interesting that um i didn't didn't even notice until you brought it up was whenever um and that's why i think maybe more of the stuff that we see probably did happen because the film like so when he has the he's daydreaming about robert de niro's talk show host character being like i wish i had a song they talked differently and when he's on the dates quote <laughs> with the with the neighbor she talks like it's not robotic robotic but it's different like it sounds yes. she's talking in not her own voice yes um i i liked that touch so then when we yes. finally see her she's not like even when she talked like you know f- you know fuck them right fuck those wall street guys like it sounded like it sounded weird it did and then that oh my god just the just the shot of her coming out from the hallway and seeing him like that's that, one of the best scenes dude that oh my god it's like and just his contorted 
rushed. Well, that's where he gave what he gave one of the best lines. That it's a famous line from I think the Killing Joke where he says I've had a bad day. Yep. And the Killing Joke, he, he, the whole thing is like you know someone can change from one bad day. Blah blah. blah. Uh, it's great. I like it. But the fact that they 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 did that Killing Joke thing without making it such this big comic book reference, yep. and and it fit like the tone of Joker. It's perfectly placed. Yep. Yeah, I thought it was great, and I loved loved the um the part where the clowns and I guess like their manager mm-hmm. came in, the little like Russian mm-hmm. guy. Um, that whole that scene was brutal. You know who that was, by the way? Who the guy he killed? Who? The King in Yellow, the Yellow King in Yellow, um, from from True Detective. True Detective. No kidding. That was him. That's crazy. That was a great scene too. By the way, dude, that was a brutal. This movie does violence um, in kind of a sparse way. It does, and, and but, it makes it count. It and does. it makes it count, like it count like those gunshots off the train. Yep, dude. How loud did those feel? Totally, it was amazing, and it felt powerful. It, it felt powerful, and it felt sudden. That was yes. The, the suddenness of it was the best executed part of it, because when he kills the people on the train, you know it's coming, but it comes so. There's a, such a sudden swing from him being helpless on the ground to them getting uh, slaughtered. Mm-hmm. Like it's such a quick change, and you know we had just come off of seeing it chapter two. Yeah, and when you think about the opening scene in it, it's so drawn out. I, th- I the the more I thought the about it, the more bad, more badly executed I thought it was. Where it was so drawn out, when the, and and Pennywise ends up doing like killing people, but it, it 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 he's waving at him from across the way, and I prefer the Joker's way of just really sudden carnage. Right, one of my yeah. favorite violent moments. It's it's hard to even look at. Is in a movie called Cachet um, with a straight razor. If you've seen it, you'll know what I'm talking about. But it's out of nowhere, and it's just. When you see it, you can't ever forget it. It's it's just burned into your eyes, right? So, like, I I think that's one of the things that Joker's really good at. Um, I also really liked... So, Joaquin Phoenix says that Robert De Niro is his favorite American actor of all time. Really? Yeah. That's kind of And they avoid each other on the set because they have similar working styles, so they don't want to screw it up by getting out of character. So, they really didn't get to interact at all during during the, the movie. They avoided each other on purpose because... They didn't want to like contaminate the process, but um, it was interesting. De Niro, I feel like, you know, has been coasting for a long time now, which is it's fine. We were just talking. It's funny. We were before we were recording. We were talking about John Carpenter, and you know he paid his dues, and now he plays video games and the whatever. And I feel like De Niro kind of is in the same phase mm-hmm. of his career, right? What? But this was a really interesting part, not large part, but I feel like he did some subtle things in there that people are going to find later that were really interesting because he's given a pretty thankless task. I, I, I find it hard to believe a talk show host has someone on a show that he doesn't know the real background of who confesses the murder on live TV and he just carries out an interview anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that it was really odd kind of how that went down. Right. But the way he was doing the interview was so egotistical, but like, how do I phrase this? It was like he had a lens focused on himself the entire time. And he was trying to live up to Murray Franklin. That he lives his life living up to what Murray Franklin's supposed to be on, yeah. on air. Murray. Murray. <laughs> and when you don't see Murray on air, the one time that we see him in the dressing room, 
it's not the same Murray we see. He was like, he was like, yeah, sure, we'll go by Joker. <laughs> like he was super kind, right? Exactly. He's a different Murray, and I feel like that's one of the really interesting things about the movie is there's two Joker movies. Like either it really happened or it didn't. Right. Yeah. There's two Joaquin Phoenix characters. Either he's a malignant disease that needs to be stamped out, or he's a misunderstood, you know, person who could have been steered a different direction. Yeah. But wasn't, and you have all these like splits, and then even a small character like Murray that they could have easily just done like a cameo sort of thing. And we got De Niro, <laughs> we don't need to do anything else, just you know, like whatever. And they gave us a kind of split of him too. And I thought that was a, a, a testament to the movie wasn't lazy. Was the woman who played Joker's mom, because I didn't tell you this, but we watched uh, the first episode of Castle Rock yesterday. Yes. Really liking it. Was the woman who played Joker's mom the woman who was executed in the first episode of Castle Rock? Yes, and I think she's she was from Six Feet Under too. This, yeah, that's what Trevor yeah. said. He he loved her. Yes. He loved her in that. So I yeah. thought that was really crazy to see. And there's two of her too: the loving mom that he's doting on, and like whatever, mm-hmm. and then the monster apparently who. That's what I'm saying. Is and that. then all you get is one dickish Mark Marin, <laughs> which is so funny. I, yes, lo- I like how true. much he did not like yes, the true. Joker. But see, the thing is, the more I think about the did it really happen, the more did it really happen. I feel like the more I think that's the weakest part of the movie, but it had to be there. I don't know how to fix it. I get why it's there. It's just no. I think I, given the character of the Joker, mm-hmm. like he's he's one of those characters that like yeah, yeah no, I, I, I agree with like, you. Where's he from? That, I get that, but see, the thing that bothers me is so I'm doing the game you're doing while we're talking, right? Yeah. And I think that's one of the strengths of the movie. It's going to be in my head for months, right? True. Like it's, I'll be just sitting yeah. somewhere and people will be waving their hand in front of me and I'll be thinking about something that happened in this movie, right? So that's that's just... That's what that, Twitter wanted, George. That's a sign of a good movie, right? But, for example, when when the, the violent scene, the murder scene happens in Joaquin's apartment and he's killing the people he worked with, right? He needs to help one of them get out of the apartment, right? He needs to actually undo the lock up there, right? But if you look at the scene closely, there's literally a cabinet right next to the door. Mm-hmm. It would have taken literally zero seconds for him to jump on the shelf and unlock the door himself. But instead of doing that, he turns to a guy he just watched ruthlessly murder someone and ask him to politely let him out of the room. And it just doesn't feel right. It feels as weird as the other fantasy sequences, mm-hmm. right? And then when you start adding those up, it just feels like none of this movie happened. <laughs> no. It feels like the end doesn't happen because he's running around like Bugs Bunny, dripping blood, bloody footprints or whatever, like almost like it's a cartoon. I mean, the more I look at it, the, the scene where he gets hit by the car and he's like laying on the car hood, it, it, just, it feels like Carnival of Souls times 100, I did like the scene when he asked him for help, and he was like, he just was like, you were one of the nice ones. Like, yep. that resonated, because there was a crackhead at my high school that totally. I befriended, mm-hmm. and I was like, I was like, I'm 10 steps ahead of everyone else. <laughs> if, if, it comes, if it comes to the worst, <laughs> I'm living. You had this I'm friends with the crackhead. <laughs> no, I get it. I'm not complaining about it. I wouldn't change it. I, 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 yeah. I'll take the movie as is. Well, I'm just mm-hmm. saying... That sometimes your greatest strength is your greatest weakness, and yeah. I feel like the best thing about this movie might be the worst. Though, thing. to be fair, though, that's the, that is one of the things that I believe that you love about David Lynch is a lot of the stuff goes. On See, the now, I know it's different. I know it's, it's different. different with I David feel... Lynch. It's actually a. It's actually. It's actually 
a lot closer to like Fincher Fight Club or yeah, or, no, that's, or Nolan. Okay, right? yeah, no, it's I agree with that. Way closer to Nolan. I like it's bothered me for years. Batman flying off in Dark Man, Dark Knight Rises. Like, does he blow up or not? Right? It's bothered me for years because yeah. because there's the scene afterwards where Michael Caine sees Anne Hathaway and Christian Bale sitting at a cafe. There's right. no way he would have been like, Bruce! <laughs> oh my God, I, you're alive! <laughs> I saw you blow up! <laughs> I understand, but like, the, you could make a convincing argument either way, and yeah. it just feels unsatisfying. With David Lynch, it feels like you can make an explanation 500 ways, and he wouldn't care what explanation you come up with. Yeah. The, the problem is when you make it binary, the problem is because Nolan loves working in binary. Right. Yeah. And that's my problem with American Psycho. Like American Psycho, I feel like clearly is fantasy. Right. But I don't feel like the movie gave us that. <laughs> I feel like the movie made it mostly real. It's a hard dance to dance to. Or right. hard da- I wonder awesome. what the most successful movie of all time doing that concept is. I wonder if it's Fight Club. Probably Fight Club. Yeah. I'm sure I'll think of something else when we're done recording, but but it's a hard dance, and 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 I think this movie nails the steps more than it misses them. So I'm not complaining about it. But I, again, I I'm just saying that I feel like the thing that that I love most about this movie might be the thing that bothers me most about this movie. Yeah, which is probably fitting for the kind of movie it is. The only thing I saw, so I watched Todd Phillips talk about the opening scene, and then I watched him talk about the bathroom scene. Yes. And originally there was like dialogue, and he hides the gun and washes his face off. But I guess they were in the bathroom, him and walking and they played the score because they had him, they gave the script to the the composer and they gave him that piece. So they sat there and they listened to it and then he just started to dance. Yep. And I think little things like, like hearing behind the scenes like that were great. I did see where he was like the Joker, this Joker would just get curb stomped by Total Batman. Ball. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I, that, that's the thing is like, like Heath Ledger's Joker was formidable because he was surfing his wave of craziness and the odds were he was going to fall off the wave, but the odds were that he was going to take you down with him somehow when he he fell off of it. This one, this Joker's power is the activation of a movement, Mm -hmm. right? And that is the thing. The cops couldn't catch him because they were in a crowd that beat them down. And the only way this Joker beats Batman is if Batman shows up to arrest him and 5,000 Jokers emerge <laughs> from behind him right. and, and curb stomp Batman's ass. Like, Break his back, Bane right, exactly. So it's just in numbers almost, which yeah. is funny because he's the loneliest character in cinema, but the only way he can win is with support, which is bizarre. And he has numbers. But it's kind of cool that that kind of works like that, right? The only other thing I, I have to say about this one is um, I know that someday all movies are going to look like, you know, Avatar or something animated. Uh, you know, it, it, it's just the way everything's headed. Everything's headed where it's all going to be synthesized and, and you know, like we're, everything's going to look like Tupac holograms, but good. Someday, right? Someday? Like, someday. someday. Nah, there's someday. always going to be the analog but people. I, you're sure. I mean, but here's the thing. The, the thing I realized watching this is Joaquin Phoenix's eyes are a special effect. There were scenes where I should have been bored and there were just a camera on him riding a bus. And it's just some very few people have it. And he's got like he's, this gift. 
And, and you know, there's this moment when this moment when he goes, I have stopped taking my medication and I feel amazing. And I swear to God, his eyes were a different color. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like, and, and he wasn't doing anything super obvious that I could catch to denote the difference of him right. on medication or him off medication. But it was chilling. Like his eyes were like this slate gray. I, I don't even know what was happening there, but he is just like this, this, um, it's like the Cheshire cat, you know, with a smile and everything else fades and there's just the smile. Like Hollywood is gradually going to make everything green screen and effects. And the only thing left is going to be Joaquin Phoenix's eyes hovering up there. I being know, like, pretty, you can't duplicate this. I pray <laughs> to God that's not what happens. That would terrify me. <laughs> hey, let me ask you this. What do you think about his, uh, well, how they uh, handled the Joker laugh as like his nervous tick? I loved it. I loved the card. It was so fitting. The little card mm-hmm. he handed to people, I thought was great. I th- I loved the laugh his, was cool sounding. Too. I, yeah, and I mean, all the laugh was cool sounding. I thought like I thought they put they there was so much th- good thought put into how they were doing things. Right. I just felt like I was good hands. I could trust that it was going to be entertaining. The 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 sentence that he wrote in his own journal. The I you know when I die, I hope my life makes sense. And he spelled it sense like <laughs> yeah. money. Right. And the fact that this movie's theme is basically sort of that poverty, you know, rich, you know, juxtaposition or whatever. And the fact that he's doing a money pun, but accidentally all of his best bits are accidental. Right. And, right. Like, and that's the thing is this poor guy is, is in a weird way, in the weirdest way possible, it reminds me of the movie Amadeus. You've probably not seen Amadeus. No, I've but, seen I've seen parts of it. Yeah, yeah. But but the I was whole, into the '80s tune. Amadeus, Amadeus. <laughs> the 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 idea behind Amadeus is based on real supposedly where you know I'm, uh, Mozart was a ridiculous person in real life with a horrendous laugh like a hyena, mm-hmm. and he was atrocious. He was a monster. He was a he, he was just. He would just steal your money, shoplift your stuff. Like he didn't no boundaries, right? But he wrote the greatest music. And then Salieri, his his rival, had all the social skills. Like he came in in a tux and he knew how to schmooze the king and queen and do whatever. But he wrote shit music. Right? So, so like one guy's got the music gift and he's got no other gifts, and the other guy's got all the other gifts, but he can't do the one thing he wants to do, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's kind of where this character's trapped, right? He's yeah. he's only accidentally funny. He's only accidentally smart. He's only accidentally powerful, yeah. and and that sucks. And everybody else in the movie, I mean, he is, accidentally is pretty starts- good at what they do, but they're shit at being compassionate or or human. Yeah, he <laughs> right? accidentally starts that riot. Totally. I mean, it all like you know he he pulls out the gun. Totally. Oh, that's the one scene uh, other than the uh, the apartment scene was mm-hmm. when the gun falls out of his pocket when he's dancing. Yeah, dude, I gasped. I know. Like that scene, like and then him just like like he like puts it back in his pocket and just kind of smiles like, whoops, what's that? Yeah. And oh. you can say what you want about this movie. You can not. You can hate it and you can do whatever like whatever. But I'm telling you. When I was sitting in the theater watching this movie, when he did that dance in the hospital and the gun fell, and you knew he was going to get fired, you knew it was going to go bad for him, right? And that gun tumbled out on the floor. I felt my hands come out of my lap. I wanted to put the gun back for him. Yeah, just I, like wanted, hide like, it. I just wanted to like help him, you know. And, and if a movie's doing that to you, if it's making you like want to like reach out and like help, like then it's it's doing good things. So yeah, I thought it was tremendous. I liked it. I didn't like. A lot of people were saying, like, that you know, you're going to sympathize and feel bad for this character, and then somehow, like, that makes you turn into him. I don't know what the sure. <laughs> I but like, 
I, I, I did feel sympathy for him, but like I didn't agree with him. There's all kinds of outside of the movie arguments to be had about that. And I, I just am not equipped to have those discussions now. I haven't even looked at it enough to do it, right? I wanted to focus on the movie and then deal with that stuff later. There's a really interesting argument that Outlaw Vern, my obsessive movie critic I love, um, he had made that I thought was great. He, he says, sometimes he said things part punchline because he's a really funny guy. But they're also really wise. And he had say, he was sticking up for, for superhero movies because he loves Marvel yep. movies or whatever. And he said the, the funniest thing. He said uh, something to the effect. I'm not going to do I should have read it, but I'm not going to do credit to it. But he said something to the effect of this isn't the best movie I've ever seen about mental illness. But Aquaman is the best movie I've seen about a guy riding a, a seahorse and using tidal waves to to do good. So I'll take that because it's the best of what it is, mm. right? And his argument is you can bash these movies all you want, but sometimes a movie is the best of what it is, right? Dodgeball is the best movie about dodgeball. Bar and, none. And it's it's hilarious, right? So, like, the world needs movies like that. And and this movie is clearly not the greatest movie or the most profound movie ever made about mental illness. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think any movie as split against itself could be Right, because it, right, yeah. it doesn't even know what it wants to say a lot of the time. So, so you know, you can have all these arguments about about whether this movie is a Pandora's box or whether it really knows what it's saying or whether it's really sympathizing with whatever. And I don't think Todd Phillips' comments have helped, frankly, from what I've seen. But I just don't know enough about it to really like go take a real run at it. All I know is that watching it felt like a great experience. Where we, 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 I'll close it with this. We had watched the Twilight Zone, or we had talked about a Twilight Zone episode that has always haunted me from the reboot Twilight Zone about a place where you can pawn your memories. You sell them off one by one, and this guy sells all his memories. And look it up, it's a great episode. I don't want to spoil it for you if you haven't seen it, but it's got a great twist ending. But pawning your memories irretrievably, where this guy in the beginning, he's like, oh, I had this great vacation to Europe. Yeah, I'll sell that. And you got, he gets $1,000 for it. But now the memory's gone. Now the whole vacation you took is just eradicated from your memory, right? I, you, I would gladly get rid of the memories of, of most of my movie-going experiences in theaters, to be honest, throughout my life. I've had some fun ones. Foolish move, George, because then you're going to be like, what should I watch? <laughs> I'll, watch I'll watch this film. Oh, what's it does? See? <laughs> That's fine. But, no, no. I, the, the, the experience of being in the theater watching it, right? Yeah. Um, not that I'd ever seen it, but just the experience I had watching it. But my experience of watching this is in that category of the of the twenty percent that I wouldn't want to give up. I had a blast. Yeah, <laughs> so I did too. I thought it was great. There you go. So if you like this episode, send us a screenshot and tag us on Instagram. Uh, on the Instagram stories, there I've, I've been checking. I've been a monster with Instagram. You stories. have been. I mean, I, I mean, I don't think I've posted the last few days. But other than that, I've been a monster back <laughs> on Instagram. So. Hit us up. Let us know what your favorite part of the episode was or what your favorite part of Joker was. Or least favorite. We'll or it. least favorite. Yeah, if you didn't like it, let us know why we'll you We'll take like all it. kinds of feedback. Anywhere about the reviews. Page. Yeah. And then follow <laughs> us on iTunes. Give us one of those sweet, sweet five-star reviews. And until next time, stay scary. Watch a bunch of horror movies. Did I do that all in one breath? And I'm still going. There's a lot of air in these pipes. George. Yeah, well done. <sighs> there it is. Until next time, stay scary. Watch a bunch of horror movies. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.